Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Yes, good morning and thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling. Night two of the Tab Constellations taking place this Saturday night at Albion Park. Fresh off that huge night on the weekend, Amazing Dream taking the inaugural running of the Rising Sun. We are set for a huge night this weekend. The Sunshine Sprint is the feature. That's a Group 1 $100,000 feature. Tab have uh, released their markets for Saturday night. And copy that, the Kiwi is the favourite with that front row draw. He went up at $2. King of Swing, the reigning Grand Circuit champion, he's at $2.40, but he's got to overcome the outside of the second row. Markets are up for all of the features coming through. There's about six in total on Saturday night, part of a big 10-race program. One of the stars stepping out on Saturday night and likely to be the shortest price favourite of the night, is in the final race. We're talking about this great little filly, Cat King Cole. She's won four from five, and she goes around in that final race. The Tools Are Us two-year-old pace, and she is aiming towards next week's feature, the Group 1 Q-Bred Triad. Her trainer is Darren Weeks, and he joins us first up this morning. Darren, appreciate the time. Yeah, morning, Chris. She's back in action, ready to go? Yeah, she's ready to roll. Okay, she's had the two trials since that most recent start. She was beaten in one of those trials, and I'll talk more about that a little bit later, but you're happy with where she's at with that big target coming up next week? Yeah, we're very happy with her. The, um, the trials uh, weren't probably the hardest trials that she's had due to where she, she drew in the trials, but a really good experience for her to sit in the field and, and run home, and um, she's benefited a lot from those two trials. So we're, we're pretty confident going forward, yeah. OK, her last official race start was that runaway victory in the Breeders' Classic final. That was back in mid-May. Just physically, how does she look now? Is there much of a difference from that night to where she's at going into the race on Saturday night? Yeah, I just commented to Kylie this morning. She looks a lot fitter. She's, she's probably uh, looks fitter than she's ever been at any stage of a campaign so far. So it, it looks good going forward, you know. Yeah, that, that could be an ominous sign for her rivals. Yeah, well, hopefully, Chris. I mean, she's, um, you know, she wasn't really wound up last time. So, this, you know, she's got to be at the top of a game this time for the racing. So, yeah, we're pretty happy with her. OK, let's talk about the two trials that she's had in lead-up for Saturday night's race. She was beaten in that first trial, but as you said, it was probably a good learning experience for her. She had a tricky draw, she got buried away on the inside, and then once she got to the outside of the home straight, she was able to find the line. So plenty to come out of that, and then she was able to win her next trial, and the form out of that trial has been really good because going great guns was a, a very impressive winner yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, going great guns went good yesterday, and... Um... Yeah, we, like I said, we're really happy with the trials and, and she pulled up terrific. So, yeah, no, we're, we're in a good place at the moment, I think. This is a good field on Saturday night. Field of seven. You're the only filly in the field with Cat King Cole. So she's got to take on the boys and some of the very best boys at that. So she's obviously ready to go. But it's a strong lineup. It's a very strong lineup. Um, going into a first up is a, is a little concern. But, um, you know, she's a classy girl. So... We'll just see what happens if, um, you know, she's drawn the right gate. So we'll we'll try and take advantage of it. I think. Okay. You, you mentioned with the trials that the times weren't anything super. What sort of time do you expect her to run on the weekend? 
Uh, well, it depends how keen everybody else is, I guess. But, uh, you know, we like to go as slow as what we can. But, I mean, she's ready to roll. She's she's going at least as good as what she was when she won the, the Breeders. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how she goes. OK. And then taking this race and then going to next week, there's, there's not going to be a, a great deal of improvement. She's pretty much spot on. She's pretty pretty well near the top. I think that she de she'll definitely need this run um, just to top her off. But I think uh, come next week she'll be spot on. Okay. And are you still looking at the AP Gold Race uh, coming up next month with Cat King Cole? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's the filly, Cat King Cole. So she's ready to roll. And uh, just on on Spankham, uh, maybe uh, we were hoping to see him on Saturday night in the Sunshine Sprint. He was amongst nominations, but uh, he's obviously not starting. No, Spankham's carnival's over, unfortunately. He um, he was scratched with a temperature last week. And um, upon further examination, he has a respiratory issue so that needs treating. So we just felt that we couldn't have him at his best for these races. So unfortunately, we've pulled the pin and he'll uh, spell here for a couple of weeks before he goes back to New Zealand. OK. Disappointing? Yeah, it is disappointing, Chris, but, you know, they're horses and, you know, we have these issues with them all the time or sometimes. So, yeah, it's not much we can do. But, yeah, it is disappointing. Okay. Well, we've got a lot to look forward to with this star filly on Saturday night, Cat King Cole. We've got to wait till the very last race on the program, race 10, number one, Cat King Cole, but we can't wait to see her in action. Darren, appreciate the time and best of luck on the weekend. Thanks, Chris. There's Darren Weeks joining us. So Cat King Cole starts on Saturday night, final race, but that's a good field. Uh, the likes of Danger Zone, My Alderman Baxter, Future Assured, Away We Go, Misty Creek, Got to Go Milking. So it's a really strong lineup. Over the mile, they'll, uh, they'll probably run some time there like they have been in recent times. Another person that's going to play a strong hand on Saturday night at this big meeting, night two of the Tab Constellations, is Brad Hewitt. Uh, so far, so good as far as the carnival is concerned. He's just trying to navigate his way through some pretty ordinary draws, but hopefully the results keep coming for him. He's online with us now. Brad, appreciate the time. All right, Chris. Thanks for having me. You've had some pretty uh, awful draws so far. Yeah, it's been disappointing. It's a yeah, little sentiment. Know how how good he's going. We're just hoping we could have got a draw uh, either last week or this week, and uh, hasn't eventuated. Just with last week and send it, he, he started in the rising sun. You had gate seven, the outside of the front row. Fair to say that race didn't sort of go to plan. There was little or no early pressure in that race. It was a slow lead time and you had little option but to go back. So you were facing Mission Impossible. But his sectionals were just astonishing, really. Yeah, well, really confident. Chris said he'd run a good race. And even yeah, with the draw, we thought it might work out OK with... Uh, yeah, it looked like there was a lot of early speed there and uh, when the Victorian horse uh, galloped at the winning post the first time, yeah, that all sort of went out the window and the first half of the race was just uh, pedestrian and they just sprinted home. Yeah. Were you surprised sitting back towards the rear there and thinking, why is no one making a move? Why is there no pressure? Uh, not really, just that's how I thought it would unfold. Like, I thought there'd be plenty of early speed, like everyone did, and then uh, when copy that, I thought... That's what I thought he would do, was just yeah, pull the right rein at the start and get around and get around in front of expensive ego. But um, yeah, as soon as expensive ego got there, that no one was going to take off, and that's uh, what we thought would happen, and that's how it played out. 
Yeah. All right, so he backs up on Saturday night. He goes around in the four-year-old championship. Was there any consideration about tackling the Sunshine Sprint or was it always going to be the four-year-old championship? No, I was going to put him in the Sunshine Sprint, Chris, and like, I think he, he definitely would have got a start, especially off last week's run, but he's just more suited to the longer distance, like sort of 2,200 or more and even more so, like 25. 2600 like he just really comes into his own he's more of a stayer than like a mile sprinter type but and then i thought if he drew bad in that like you you're back to last sort of thing and that's where you stay like against them sorts of horses so i thought he'd be a lot better suited in this race this week just hoping that he would get a decent draw and if he was in the, the first half of the field you'd take a pair of beaten but he's drawn terrible again Okay, so that being said, if he comes through this race well, you're obviously going to look at the Blacks of Fake next week over the long journey, the 2600. Yeah, obviously last week was there, the, the first target. And I, yeah, he just really comes into his own once he gets over a bit of distance. And I'd love him to, to get a start and get his shot next week because I just know how, how strong he is. Like He's just so well suited to these longer distance races. So you're on to a good race again this week. Yeah, I'm hoping that he can get in next week. OK, well, there's a few backing up out of the last week's Rising Sun. You've got Mac Da Vinci there, Spirit of St Louis. Uh, is Spirit of St Louis the horse to beat, in your opinion? Yeah, probably. But even, like, uh, Black to Dance, like, he's drawn there nice and soft, drawn too. Like, I know he didn't go that great last week, but as you'd know, he's, sort of, he's one going 53 and a bit over the... 2100 there before and when horses are sort of doing that up the front and on the fence like it's yeah, really hard to come from behind them and, and run them down when they're running them sorts of sectionals but it's just yeah, it's gonna make it hard like Spirit of St Louis and Mac Da Vinci and even Italian Lad like all the the main dangers are all drawn the front line they're gonna be up the front half of the field and we're gonna be back last so you have to play at something pretty special, and unless they go crazy early, but I sort of can't see that being the case again, but yeah, fingers crossed. Surely there's got to be a little bit more pressure in this race on Saturday night. Yeah, that's what, yeah, we hope so. It's just, yeah, hard than uh, Black to Dance or Will the Wizard. I, I think Black to Dance looks the leader, but I, I might be wrong, but yeah, I can't really see anything crossing them, and yeah, there's sort of, I can't see there being any moves after that once and yeah, other front line horses find the spot. Ideally, with a with a genuine tempo and over the final stages, do you want to be say three wide, one back? Would that be the ideal scenario for send it? Uh, yeah, well, he, he can make his own luck, but in saying that, like, uh, if I made a mid race move or whatever, it's sort of just busting, got to make up sort of twenty five metres by the time you get to the chair, and yeah, then it's sort of handlebars just from there home, so. But if there's gen any genuine speed in any of his races, he's just yeah, he's got such a strong finish and he's always coming over the top of them. Well, he's already a proven Group 1 winner, so he's got quality, there's no doubt about it. Uh, tell me, the four-year-old championship, was that the race you won a few years ago with Sweet Molly O'Shea or was that the four- and five-year-old championship? Uh, I forget, it might have been the four- and five-year-old then, but I won it with our triple play at... Oh, That's right. That's been three years back now, so yeah, I've had a bit of luck in it before. 
Okay, well, fingers crossed that continues on Saturday night with Send It. In the Group 1 Sunshine Sprint, Rockin' Marty steps out here. He's drawn gate four. He's coming out of that Wandai's mate where he was third behind. Copy that. He was he was terrific that night, Brad. He was three wide solo over the latter stages, and it was a quick last half. Uh, you would have been really happy with that run. Yeah, he went really good, Chris. Even the start before, he, he got it all wrong at the start. The horse swung sideways in front of him and I had to check him and he galloped and missed the start and he made up a stack of ground that night and finished right on the hemmer. But he, he went yeah, really good the other night and he didn't settle in at all. Like when, when I got up here this first week, he was yeah, leaving feed and I was all but yeah, going to scratch him. But he, he's come to that run really good and he's on top of things and looking his bin and... I reckon he's put on a bit of weight in that sense and he's just really yeah, thriving the last couple of weeks. So I think he'll be ready to go. OK, gate four. How does this race play out? Where do you want to be going into that first turn? Uh, yeah, well, look, a lot of speed on paper again, like one, two and three all fly the gate and then you've got to turn it up out in outside the front and it will copy that. Like, he's a really good beginner too, but our fella sort of begins as well as any of them, but yeah, you're not going to cross any of them one inside him so I just have to so you're going to have yeah, them other two good horses punching through from the second line I might be able to find their back but yeah I just have to wait and see mm, One thing in the in the favour of Rock and Marty he's very versatile Yeah he's, he's won a lot of races yeah leading and yeah, sitting outside him in the chair but like it, to be honest he's a lot better suited he's just a sit sprinter but it's just his class that you can sort of drive him that way when it, the opportunity presents itself to lead or yeah, come around and sit outside him, but he's, uh, I think he's a genuine sit sprinter. Okay, all going to plan. Do you plan on having the two runners next week, uh, or your dad and, and yourself, with Rock and Marty and Senator? Are they both going to be nominated for the Blacks of Fake? Yeah, that's the plan, Chris. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> I think their form sort of should stand up. I just, um, that's what Marty was sort of better suited this week over the mile. He's sort of untested like past 2300. That's the furthest he's been at angle but I can't say that being an issue with him too but um, yeah definitely the other little fella that um, he, it was his main aim. Okay out of copy that and King of Swing the two big guns with the sunshine sprint on Saturday night which one do you fear more? Uh, it's hard to say like we haven't seen King of Swing sort of driven from behind that much and he's gonna have to be off the, the track but if anything, it's probably going to suit him this week with uh, how much speed that looks like. So if he's going to win one from behind, he's going to get his chance this week with how much speed that looks. But we said that last week and there was none. But yeah, surely there's going to be a bit more speed this week over the mile. Yeah, you'd like to hope so. Uh, one other runner on Saturday night uh, that backs up after last week is Smooth Sailor for you. He was super last week, winning really strong. Yeah, no, he's flying through. So I probably yeah, nearly could have... Well, Dad, we could have put him in the sunshine sprint too and he knew he would have got a run just on his form. Like, he hasn't put in a, a bad run and like his last sort of uh, seven or eight starts. He's, he's just flying and he went good the week, like the first week and yeah, he went super again last week. He's just in a really good patch of form at the minute and it should be hard to beat again on Saturday. Those mid-race sectionals last week, 27-7, and you were doing your fair share of work at that stage. Uh, so that just underlines how well this guy's going. Yeah, that's right, Chris. And I've said both weeks, so I'm happy enough to sort of sit him in the chair. Like He just races really well there and it doesn't worry him. And I'd rather be sort of in the running line than off the track trying to make ground. But, um, yeah, it was just lucky that it took the thing out of them leaders and he was good enough to 
to hold everything off, but yeah, he's going really good. Yeah, last week it was gate 12 over the 2,100 metres. Saturday night, gate three over a mile. Does he have early speed? Yeah, he gets out yeah, good, but there's a couple of really good beginners there. And um, Maywin's Vesna, he fires the gate, and there's uh, one other one there as well. You might know it. There's something else there with really good gate speed too. So yeah, it can be a bit of an awkward draw, drawing three. I can, if I can't get across the two or the two can't get across the one, you sort of you might be stuck there, but... He's got good speed without being brilliant. And the other runner for you on Saturday night is Our Lady Lara. She's got gate seven, so that continues your bad run as far as draws is concerned. Yeah, it definitely doesn't help things. I was happy enough with the run last week, last Friday, in that Tommy Lincoln race. Like they got home in a 55 half or whatever, and she hadn't had a start for sort of three weeks. So she had a bit of a blow in that after, and she, it'll, she'll come on well from that too. But, yeah, obviously... Drawn seven, going to have to go back to last, and it just makes things hard. Mm. It's fair to say with the four drives for you on Saturday night, you've got a lot of thinking to do because you've got to really do some mapping as far as where you're going to be with some of these drives because those draws do look awkward. Yeah, that's right. It definitely doesn't help. It's sort of waiting there uh, Monday night just uh, with the fingers crossed and they come out it's, uh, a bit deflating. I'm happy enough with Marty's draw and oh, smooth sailor but um, yeah, send it makes, makes it really tricky but they're all working good and fit and healthy and yeah, it couldn't happen better so if they get any sort of luck they'll be there about. Yeah they are flying there's no doubt about it. Brad really appreciate the time this morning. Best of luck on Saturday night and fingers crossed that you can have two runners in next week so tab blacks are fake. Go on here. thanks Chris. There's Brad Hewitt joining us from uh, uh, his base here in Brisbane. Of course, he is based at Goulburn in New South Wales, but he's up here and he's got his team absolutely flying. One man that is also going to play a strong hand on Saturday night is Matty Craven. He's made the trek up from Victoria. He's gone unbeaten in the heats of the DJA, and he's got the... Uh, Early favourite, I'll just check that market uh, for Saturday night's feature, the DJA. And uh, Pink Galaz is the favourite at $2.90. Matty Craven joins us now. Matty, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Very well. So far, so good. Two for two, a clean sweep of the heats. Yeah. Um, the first week we had a little bit of a scare early, but you know, she was good enough to overcome that. And they really made us earn us last week. And, you know, going into this week, we have a little bit of an unknown with a few of the runners that we haven't come up against. But at the moment, we're really happy and we've just got to hope that we can do everything right early and hopefully you know, not lose too much ground and, and see how we go from there. The two heats have been vastly different in their own right. First heat over the 2,600 metres, it was her speed over the, the latter stages that stood out last week over the shorter trip, the 2,138 metres. She had to do a lot of chasing and she really had to knuckle down and show her quality. So two different performances, but two really good performances. How has she handled it most importantly? Uh, she's come through the runs really well. I think she's taken nice improvement out of each run, so... You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, how she's going to present this week and, you know, hopefully um, she's improved enough that, you know, she can measure up with, uh, you know, the humble lad and these, these other ones that she's going to come against. And the main thing is she's just got to do everything right from the stand and, you know, the positive is it's back to the longer trip and I, I think, you know, that really suits her. Yeah, back to the longer trip, but a bigger field last week was only a smaller field. We've got a capacity-sized field here for the final on Saturday night, so you might have to do a little bit of dodging and weaving with some uh, runners in front of you. Yeah, it'd be interesting. The only thing with that is that, you know, there might be um, 
a couple of runners that might help, you know, cart her into the race where last week over the shorter trip, you know, she had to do all the chasing on her own and she never really got a, a back till sort of, you know, into the back straight and she got a little track for a little period which helped, I think, and, you know, I probably had to peel a little bit earlier than what I liked, but um, to her credit, you know, she, she was still able to get the job done and really test her out, but hopefully uh, it'll hold her in good stead this week. Has Humble Lad surprised you in any way, shape or form with his two heat victories so far? Uh, no, not not me. Um, I'd followed him in New Zealand. He was a quality horse and he trialled really well in Victoria for, for Alex. And, you know, Luke McCarthy, back there, you, you can't underestimate that either. And, you know, we, we knew he was going to be a huge danger and, you know, off the same mark, he's going to take a hell of a lot of beating. So she's going to have to be, you know, at her very top to, to be winning, I'd say, this week. But, Hopefully, um, if she gets a run, you know, and gets a chance, that's the main thing. That's probably a good thing that the the fact that he shares that twenty metre handicap with you, you're going to have a an eye on him at the start just to see how he gets away and see where he sort of lands. Whether he lands in front of you or behind you, you'll know where he is. Yeah, you know, I just hope he doesn't get too far away at the start. You know, if I can get away safe, and you know, we know she's a slow away, but if she can be away safe and he doesn't get too far away from us. Um, that'll be the key in, in trying to run him down late. But it's not just him, you know. There's, I mean, God of Thunder's run on Saturday night was huge. and He'll make it a true stain test again this week, I'm sure. Gold chain, you know, it, it's run to, you know, just been poking along, but it's going to continue to improve this week. And then even next week, I can see it really starting to step up the next two weeks. So, you know, we can't underestimate that one. And, and even old over and over over the longer journey you know, off the back market sort of brings him back into the race and the first week he got away super you know got away on us and we had to, you know we're lucky enough to still be able to run him down but I thought his run was terrific and you know anything that goes his way is going to make it hell of a, you know very hard for us to, to run him down so it's not going to be an easy race by any means but I wouldn't be swapping it for anyone. Okay with a genuine tempo likely does is is it her speed that's going to be her best asset on Saturday night? Is that the thing that's going to stand out between her and her rivals, her speed? Well, hopefully late, Chris. You know, she's showed over the longer journey. If she can sort of track into it nicely, that um, she can still, still, you know, show really good speed at the end of the, end of the trip. And, um, you know, she's, she's got lovely staying ability and that speed, you know, not, not many trotters possess that. And if she can be close enough, um, without having to do too much work on Saturday night. Hopefully that will really bring her into the race. All right, and safely through Saturday night, she'll back up next week under the mobile star conditions? Yeah, and all along, you know, that's been, you know, the main aim because, you know, that's probably where she's best suited. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll cross this week's bridge first and, and hopefully it's a positive one. As we know, she's a tiny little mare, Pink Galaz. Have you had the opportunity to go and look at that uh, horse of Ray Green's uh, that steps out in the derby on Saturday night, American Dealer? Because he's not a big horse as well. I'm just curious to see who's smaller. Is it Pink Galaz or American Dealer? Yeah, I'm not too sure, to be honest with you. Um, but good things come in small packages, they say. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the derby. You've got Better Call Me stepping out in the derby on Saturday night. He comes up with gate four. He was beaten last week, but uh, he was very impressive. Did you go into this race with two nominations or was it solely just Better Call Me? 
I nominated Lamania and you know he didn't gain the start, but he you know thought it was going to gain a start with either of my runners. It was you know I would prefer better call me. He's just a better racehorse. And, um, you know at this stage he's probably a bit more seasoned than some of his runs in New Zealand and the, and the three runs that he's had for me have been you know pretty good. You know the, the three times I've raced him, he sort of ended up outside the leader, which is I think following how many would be better. Um, but they're always ones have been full of merit and, and, you know, he's done the work and still been there at the finish. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he presents in, in Saturday night's race. And I, I think, you know, on what he's done so far, you know, he'll be thereabouts and hopefully, you know, improving again into to the Queensland derby. Well, it was a blistering last half when you were chasing Tommy Lincoln last week. 26-7 down the back home in 27-9. Blue Moon Rising was third in that race. He won yesterday, so that form looks OK. So, uh, obviously, he's come out of that race really well. Yeah, he seems to have travelled up um, terrific. You know, he really relished uh, the trip away. Um, you know, anything from the Curden and Cullen Barn, they're always super well-educated and... You know, they seem to take everything in their stride. So, you know, he's been a, a pretty easy horse to handle so far. Do you have a preference out of these Victorians that come up as well? Barroom, Banter, Bondi, Lockdown, they're both proven Group 1 winners. Do you have a preference one over the other? Oh, probably on the draws this week, you'd, you'd think Barroom, Banter is going to be extremely hard to beat. He's a quality horse and he's had a few runs now this preparation which should really hold him in good stead for Saturday night's that race. That's going to be a really competitive race, isn't it, the Derby? Oh, you know, there's some really quality three-year-olds involved, and it's quite, you know, it's a credit to to what this carnival is becoming, and everyone's sort of happy to send their good horses here. I think as it, time goes on, you'll see more and more really good horses aimed at the the Winter Carnival up here. Well, it was only a few years ago you won the Queensland Derby with Master Moonlight. Is there anything in Better Call Me that you can see that's uh, sort of building towards a Derby triumph like uh, Master Moonlight? Well, I just think, you know, they're, they're, what they, they're similar in, in they're just really nice racehorses. In some of their races, they've showed really good speed. And, you know, maybe Master Moonlight possibly had a little bit more quality than this fella. But, you know, he, I can't fold his runs and he seems to be on the up, which is the main thing. OK. Crime Rider goes around in the first. Uh, you would have been thrilled with his run last week. Again, sectionally, uh, he couldn't have done any more. Yeah, his form of late has been sensational without, you know, winning too often and sort of a little bit of a thing with him that he probably can't do as much work early as you'd like or he's probably not a death horse. But if he can get that right trail into the race or that strong speed early, he's always, you know, finishing home late and I'm sure Saturday night won't be any different. Kowalski analysis out of last week's Rising Sun. How did he come through it? Yeah, he just pulled up a little bit sore, unfortunately. He just got on himself. And, um, I'm just hoping that I can get him right for the John McMullen Memorial next week. Um, it was, you know, bitterly disappointing for all involved. We thought, you know, we bought the right horse and, you know, had he have, you know, been able to cross the fence and trail behind the leader, I think, um, you know, he I, he would have been there about and you know, would have changed the complexion of the race. But unfortunately, it, it, um, you know, he made a mistake, and it, uh, it was pretty un, you know, uncharacteristically of him. But in the end of the day, we just got to turn the page and move on, and hopefully we can get him right for next week.
Yeah, fingers crossed. Matty, as always, really appreciate the catch-up. Uh, looking forward to seeing you in action on Saturday night. Here's hoping that you snare that Group 1 with Pink Galaz. Oh, thank you very much, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here and enjoying the sunshine because they tell me it's pretty wet and cold at home and it's been a hell of a lot of rain. So um, I'm sure the team at home would probably rather be here than me, but um, I was the lucky one at this stage. Yeah, you've pulled the right rain. We'll see you on Saturday night. Terrific. Thanks, Chris. There's Matty Craven joining us. So he's set to play a big hand with a number of uh, key runners there on Saturday night. Really looking forward to that program. Ten races, five, ten start time for the first. We've also got ten races coming through tonight from Redcliffe. And so a pretty neat card there as well. Darren Clayton joins us each and every Wednesday morning. He's online with us now. He's fresh off a, uh, a big day out yesterday at Albion Park. Darren, good morning. Hey, good morning, Chris. How are you this morning? Very well. The eye was in. You landed a nice little double for our listeners on the radio yesterday morning. Can you find another winner for Reckliff tonight? Yeah, I'd like to think I can. It's um, a good 10 races. There's a, a, um, a couple there that are a bit shorter and do look across the line, I thought. But I think there's one at a little bit of value there that I can um, foresee being a, a really good chance. And it's in race six, horse number one, Barbu. Now, this guy, he was leading them up last start. I only grabbed in the in the last little bit the midnight. Um, um, sorry, he not last start the start before it was the midnight rambler just beat him only beaten two meters. Like, uh, midnight rambler, we've seen how good he has been going at Redcliffe. So um, that sort of form in this sort of race, he's certainly got the options from gate one, and I think he's a mighty good chance of winning that race. Race six, number one, Barbu. Okay, so race six, number one, that's the first leg of the tab treble, so we might be able to stand him out there, and that's a leg of the quaddy, obviously, as well. So a nice race to play and attack. Barbu, race six, number one. Was there anything else that stood out for you tonight? Um, the other one that I was looking at um, just at the, at the prices at the moment, race seven, our action man, probably been a little bit uh, disappointing his last two runs from where um, he looked like he was going to go. He put in a, a really good run a few starts back, for, um, getting home really nicely. Just probably been a little bit disappointing his next two. He's going to be short in race seven, but he looks a good thing. But I think we can um, double him up with... Uh, Cornellas, Exactors, and work around them with Major Mischief. So I think um, playing in the exotics in race seven with Major Mischief, our action man, and throwing in October Rackadier and uh, for third, I think we're going to go very close to getting the trifecta with those three runners. So October Rackadier, he's fresh up since the um, Breeders' Classic night back on May 15. He has trolled nicely in preparation, just drawn a little bit wide, but um, like I say, three. 3-1, 1-3 one, one, and 6 in for third. I think we get a, um, pretty close to getting those exotics in race number 7. OK, I like it. We'll go hard race 7. Numbers 1, 3 and 6. 1 and 3 and then 6 as the uh, the next choice there for race number 7. So, looks a, a good card of racing coming through at Redcliffe tonight. First of 10 getting underway at 5.07. Darren, if you thought last week was good night 1, this week promises to be even better. These races on Saturday night, they are outstanding. Oh, what a cracking card it's going to be, Chris. It's um, we we keep saying this carnival's built up. I, I think if if this Saturday night is anything to go by, the following Saturday into the Blacks are fake. We've got more horses arriving from down south. This carnival, uh, if this is the 
what we got to look forward to in the next few years. This carnival is just going to go from strength to strength. We've got the South East Oaks. That looks an absolute cracker. We've got the, the, the trotting final, the DJA final. Uh, two unbeaten horses have won both their heats. Humble Lad, Pink Galaz. The four-year-old championship, what a cracking field that is. You know, it's just... It's just building so strongly, this carnival. The the strength of it this Saturday night, what have we got to look forward to the following Saturday for the the big grand final? Yeah, exactly right. Tell me this, that with the two feature mobile features on Saturday night, the Group 1 Golden Girl, the Group 1 Sunshine Sprint, track record, co-own, Mighty Quinn and Cruz, 50.4. Is there any sort of doubt on that track record uh, being broken on Saturday night? Um... It's every opportunity. You've got a pretty fast front line. You've got to turn it up out in gate seven. We saw him a couple of weeks ago, absolutely Shanghai off the arm and find the front in relative ease. You've got crunch time in gate two. Um, he's a track recorder holder himself at Albion Park. He holds the three-year-old mile record that he set last year. So um, he's also a Redcliffe track record holder. So he's drawn in gate two. So you've got a couple of power runners up front and then you've got, you know, the big boy at the back, the king. He's at some point... Uh, if they go hell for leather early, he just has to wait for them or he comes around and, and try to crush them into the ground again. So there's every chance that uh, track record, 50.4, as you mentioned, co-held, is in danger. I'm not sure whether the mares will get that low in the Golden Girl, but I do think the um, the mares track record, which is co-held by four horses at the moment, 151.4, that's certainly in a great deal of um, danger of, of being overpowered again you've got some good speed in that race from those mares so spellbound in gate one what she does not really sure she's got the options there scarlet babes a gate speed horse out in six amazing dream we saw her win the uh, rising sun last week and then you've got the speed off the back uh, the stunning nun better in force so there's every chance that 51-4 for the mares track record is certainly in danger yeah, absolutely. We'll talk more about this meeting on Friday morning when you rejoin us for your thoughts uh, when we go through this uh, crackerjack meeting. There's no doubt about it. Jared Daffy will join us on Friday morning and uh, I'll get uh, get to pick your brain a little bit more about a few of these features and hopefully steer us into a few winners. But we'll take the tip with Barber tonight, race six, number one. Darren, really appreciate the time this morning. No worries at all, Chris. Looking forward to what is going to be another cracking night. <laughs>